the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday program. If you're a regular listener, you know that that means this is the date day edition. And my beautiful wife, Paula, is live in studio with us. 340-9585 for your phone calls and for your questions. 340-9585. You can also call us toll free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. You can also, if you're driving in your car, use the free KSLR mobile app to call directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, you look beautiful. Thank you. See, I can't tell a lie because I'm a pastor. So when I said my beautiful wife, I had to, you are beautiful. Yeah, you said your beautiful wife live in studio. That sounds so weird. You don't have to say live, huh? Because well, for the audience, I do. We don't, because oh, we know we're live. Because we know we're live, okay. Because, yeah. you know, the only reason I say that is because if you pass away, I was going to have you stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> and so you could still be here in the studio with me. Not so live, but anyway, it's just something tickled me. See, if you're, mar- if you're married to Paula, you don't have to worry about all this question. Well, is it okay to be cremated? Do you have to be buried? What do you do with your body? Paula's just going to stuff me and keep me in the corner. Because <laughs> they said I couldn't bury you in the backyard. So, since, you know, so I'll just keep you alive. Put you out in the front door, you know, on the front porch. And any creeps come by, they'll just be, oh, that's a spooky house. So, okay, anyway, why sorry. About, why are we talking about me dying? I don't know. Live in studio, just got a tickle bone for me. Um, so, anyway, welcome to my show, Pastor Ron. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your heart today? Oh, I've been listening to the show, of course, I always do. And it seems like the theme of the week has been, you know, knowing God's will. And then even as you've been teaching here, um, Sunday, Wednesday, and then tomorrow, I'm sure it'll come up too. <laughs> um, God, I don't think anybody talks as much as I do. For somebody who doesn't like to talk, I talk more than anybody. You talk when we're out and about, but at home you don't talk that much, so it's okay. Don't worry, baby. Um, so knowing God's will has kind of been the the theme. I just thought of, of this week. Maybe that's because I can't get in a word edgewise at home. Nope, that's, that's not, not it. it. Okay. Nope. <laughs> That is not it. So, did you have a great Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got all kind of stuff done at the house because you know I hurt my shoulder, so I've been home, not going to the gym. So I cooked enchiladas yesterday. I made spaghetti and meatballs. So I'm 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 good. Yeah, and I got I'm working on a couple of my studies. So. I got all kinds Your of husband didn't take you out for a special Valentine's <laughs> Day dinner? No, but that's okay. <laughs> I love him so much. We don't really we don't really do all that and kind of, in a way we sort of kind of talked about this. I was thinking someone was going to call the radio and ask what did we do for Valentine's Day, but I didn't think it would be you asking seeing as how 
I do all the driving, and you didn't ask me out anywhere, but it's okay, baby. I love you. We <laughs> we don't have to do those kinds of things. But see, I love you every day with passion. Every day with passion. Not just Valentine's Day. Not just Valentine's Day. Birthday or anniversary. Day, birthday or anniversary. That's, That's right. right. Okay. <laughs> Knowing God's will has been the theme. So you've been telling people, you know, to, in order to know God's will, we just get up every morning and... You know, just be with Jesus, saying, "Yeah, it's it's your day, and so what are we what are we gonna do today?" You know, I don't belong to myself; I belong to you. So one day at a time, and denying self. And last night, you you kind of really nailed it home. You know, hey, you've said this before though, but get off the throne of your heart every morning. And so I added in my in my notes during the night aggressively get off the throne <laughs> because sometimes you know we can say okay lord of my own free will i choose to serve you not by power not by might and it can start to be kind of a rote thing um but by your spirit and your name and for your glory that sounds great it is great we mean it but sometimes maybe even before an hour is up we're already back on the throne you know because if something happens it's like well that is not what i expected um and so Hey, so for me, I have to kind of constantly get off the throne in my heart. Paula, let me give a little context for your for your comments. Our study last night in Second Samuel five, um, and I recommend it not because I did it, but I, I recommend it because it's so important. Um, David is anointed king over all of Israel. The first time that all of the tribes of Israel have been together under one leader since the times of Joshua, when Joshua had to face them down, sort of say, um, choose this day who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Well, Israel had been unified as a house uh, to serve under one king um, since those times. And now that David is the king and all of these mighty warriors come to him and they swear their allegiance to him, uh, the city of Jebus, which was um, formerly what Jerusalem was called, but when it was under control of the Canaanites, uh, Jebus was thought to be impregnable. Uh, they were overconfident. Nobody has ever been able to take us. Even Joshua, even though the, that, that area had been given to, to, to him, uh, they, nobody had taken that city. And um, they just felt like nobody could take it. Well, when a new king, who was God's king, came into power... Um, there's one verse in Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 7. It says, nevertheless, David took the city. Just as a matter of fact, it was so easy. And the application for that was um, the key is God's king, a new king. And every day when we get up, um, we realize there's a throne in our heart. We usually are sitting on that throne when we get up in the morning, Paula. And um, we have to make the choice of our own free will to get off the throne and invite Jesus back on. Jesus, uh, uh, like David, David didn't take the kingdom. The kingdom was given to him, and the people came to him to ask him to be king. Well, Jesus is the same way. He, he's there. He lives in you as a Christian. But if you don't ask him to come forcefully to take his throne in your heart, he won't. He'll let you make bad choices. He'll let you make bad decisions. Uh, he'll let you suffer the consequences of those decisions. All because he's waiting for you to say, King Jesus, take over. And then what I said in the study last night was that those areas that, that seem um, unreachable to you, you know, anger, unforgiveness, um, um, smaller things like smoking or, or drinking occasionally. Uh, the, the personal example I used last night was the battle I had with my weight for so many years. All my life, in fact, my adult life. Um, but, but see, when you invite Jesus to be the king on your heart, on that throne, um, you have victory. Because Jesus is the one who's doing it. So that's the context of mm -hmm. the passage mm -hmm. that you were talking mm -hmm. about. And, um, you know, and you used my word last night. I love my, I love my word, resolve. And in Galatians 2.20, it says, I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, and so getting off the throne of our heart and realizing that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, you know, we should go back to those days of, you know, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I mean, really, we we should. Um, not with just bracelets, 
but with our with our actions. And then I had a question in the night because it's my my show and my writing. You know, <laughs> the Lord had been. I mean, somebody had asked me to come and do something, and I I told her that I would pray, but I had already made up in my mind that no, it's just not convenient. You know, it's too much, and um, no, and so. Um, but I did tell her that I would pray, so I was praying. So in the middle of the night, Isaiah 54, for me, the Lord was giving me an answer, talking about knowing God's will. And so um, in Isaiah 54, which is, you know, my my life verse, chapter, um, where I've been singing, O Barren Woman, uh, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare length in your cords and strengthen your sticks, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I do not need to be fearful, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. Um, but anyway, he knows all those things that I've been dealing with in not praying about this decision. And But he said, you know, uh, let, let them stretch your tent curtains wide. So that that was my answer to go, so I let her know that I am coming. Um, but anyway, and then back to knowing God's will for the radio listening audience. I just got dizzy. You changed subjects and hinged back so quick. I know. Okay. I am so funny, huh? Because <laughs> I count like that too. One, two, five, three, seven, four, six, you know, eight. So coming back to knowing God's will. Okay, this is how we can know God's will being in his word, he says, I want you to lift up holy hands and pray for the leaders of our country, um, for all the authorities over us. Is that all the leaders in our country or just the leaders that you agree with or happen to vote for? Yeah, no, it's all the (laughs) leaders. (laughs) Um, He wants us uh, to pray and and you kind of um, hit that again last night as well. And nobody prays right. Nobody prays enough. Um, but we should be disciplined enough to pray. And I, I was telling you today, years ago, you kind of freed me because I had read when I first became a Christian that this this one book where this guy had was praying for like eight hours and I was praying maybe eight minutes. I'm like, what kind of Christian am I? You know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, and, and I used to go in the closet, literally in a closet with water or tea and a pad of paper. And, you know, I was going to stay in the closet for at least, at least an hour. Two would be better um, before I would come out. And so that I would be ready to be an effective witness for the Lord, you know. And so uh, I think one day somebody came to the to the front door and they had an emergency and we had to go. I was like, well, that emergency just needs to wait because I've only been in here like maybe 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> I got another at least 40 minutes before I can go out into the world. I'm not ready. And you said, babe, life happens. The Lord is with <laughs> you. He knows we've got to go. And so you could just pray all day throughout the day. And so kind of that's kind of what I do instead of, you know, spending two or three hours on my knees, you know, thinking that's that that's the way God's going to hear me. Um, you know, I pray in the morning, my normal kind of stuff, but I still pray throughout the day. You know, if I see somebody that reminds me of someone or something's going on, I stop and pray right then and there. Yeah, you know, Paul, I don't know how anybody can, can know God's will, and that's uh, the, the theme that you started with today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're not a man or a woman of God's word, and if they're not a man or a woman of prayer. And when Paul says to pray without ceasing, he, he's not being general. He means it. But nobody can stay in a room. Paul was traveling. He was on the road by horseback, on foot. He was going from place to place. He had a lot of downtime where it was just... Uh, just traveling time, and, and Paul learned to pray. If you read his epistles, his prayer lists are enormous. Yeah. But he used that time. He made the most of the time that he had by praying constantly, and, and that's what he means. He doesn't mean pray eight hours a day or pray two hours a day or get in a closet and, and pour your heart out before God. There are times to do that. 
But um, what he means is just take Jesus with you where you are and have a conversation with the Savior of your soul. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, then I promise you more Christians would know two things. They would know the will of God for their lives. And second, they would know that they're in that will. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the one of the best defenses for me against the enemy's lies you know, God's angry with you, or, or maybe you were wrong, maybe you're not in God's will. Uh, when I take that before the Lord, he goes, look, we were together yesterday, right? Yeah? We're together today, right? How can you not be in my will if we're together? Mm. And that's the thing that we have to remember. That's the value of praying without ceasing. And if people, if we could all hear that, you could hear the word freedom <laughs> ring across, you know, that I'm with Jesus, and he promised never to leave me or forsake me. I'm good. And so just start talking to the Lord again. Um, okay, so another thing. And you're doing great, Pastor Ron, <laughs> as I bring out these these ideas and you just kind of expand on them. That's why, you know, that's why you're called to be the pastor. Okay, good. Okay, so the other one, next one is, so do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, you know, as we're walking along with Jesus and, you know, maybe after work, Yay, why don't we just stop off over here and have a couple of drinks before we go home? Well, that's conforming to the world. Well, if I'm with Jesus, he's going to say, no, you got another ministry, and it's at home. It's not getting the people on the bar stool saved. It's you have another ministry at home, and so um, you need to be transformed and um, be ready to be a servant in your home. So... Let's just get in the car and go on home, okay? That'll be much better, and it'll be a much better witness to all people. Yeah, you know, Paul, sometimes people get upset with me when I say this at church, but um, I, I tell all the people here at Calvary Chapel, you don't have a right not to change. You don't have a right to time for yourself. You don't have a right to do what you want to do. Um, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. And um, one of the questions that we, we've been getting about God's will is, well, well, how can I know? Well, you can't know if you're doing your thing instead of Jesus' mm -hmm. thing. And when the objection that, that people have is, well, wait, I've got to have some time for me. No, you don't. That's the time when you get in trouble. <laughs> That's the time when you're the emptiest. We're to be sold out for Jesus. You know, the people that we read about in our scriptures, uh, the Apostle Paul was the most radical man who's ever been on this earth. And God used him. Paul loved being around people. Mm -hmm. But it was because he was around people, Jesus was there, and they were either hearing about Jesus or learning how to walk with him. Mm -hmm. And we who are Christians, um, we, we simply have no right to stay the way we've always been. We have no right to um, put ourselves ahead of others. Um, when, when he says be transformed, um, the, 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 the word there is the same word that, that was used of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. We're to be completely different people, and the way we do that is by saying no to the things of this world, not being conformed. Mm -hmm. We we do that by the renewing of our mind. Of course, that happens in the Word of God, but that's the way to know God's will for your life, and it's impossible to know God's will any other way. Mm -hmm. For instance, Pastor Ron, you're Pastor Ron, and we have church Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Friday night. Now... You're a Spurs fan. And if somebody came along and said, you know, I got tickets, right? Ground floor tickets. Floor, floor seats, floor really? Floor seats, yeah. <laughs> Free parking, everything, Pastor Ron. You want the tickets? You know the answer to that. I would, I, I, and I, I've had that opportunity. <laughs> but, but I would never consider saying yes to something that would take me away from doing what God's called me to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Paula, for 20, almost 23 years we've been here, I've never missed a communion Sunday. Yeah. I've had to miss a few Sundays because we're either on vacation or we're traveling, speaking someplace else. Not many. I'm here most of the time by far. But uh, I've never missed a communion Sunday. I don't think you missed a communion Sunday even when you were going through your heart issues. No, right after surgery I was here yeah. because... This is my family, and this is what God's called me to do, to sort of preside over the family as we come to the table together. And um, uh, I've been asked to speak a lot of different places. Um, Even Christian stuff, because you just recently were asked to speak 
on Palm Sunday at another church. No. My answer is no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. How can I do that? Yeah. So, you know, if we understand our commitment to the Lord, um, then it's not like, oh, what a great thing. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, I'm so tempted to do it. Maybe I can find somebody to fill mm-hmm. in for me. If only I wasn't a pastor, I could yeah. go to the Spurs game. It's not like that yeah. at all, huh? But, but <laughs> there, are, there are other times when I can do stuff sure. that, that I consider to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, there's nothing more fun than being here on Sunday and Wednesday and Friday nights. I know. Monday nights for me too. Uh, yeah, and see, that's the I thing. I get to come Monday yeah. night too. So, so what we got to do is understand that, that where Jesus is is a place that's fun. It's mm-hmm. a place that's exciting. It's a place where work is being done, and I just don't think we get that in our church culture. Uh, I think church is sort of an afterthought for a lot of people. It's a well, if I don't have anything better that comes along, kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and and in fact, the, the church is the one place where you can use the gifts that God has given you to minister to the people that he's joined you with. And uh, if we know that's God's will, and we don't do that, why would God tell us anything else? Oh, no. That's the thing. We're to, we're to, to, to flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we know that's God's will, it is God's will that you do these things. If we're not doing those things, why would God share anything with us in terms of our future? You know, oh, well, I want to be married. Why won't God bring that man? Well, well, if you're not doing the things that you know to do, maybe you're somebody who is spreading false doctrine or you're holding on to unforgiveness uh, because of what somebody did to you. Maybe you have a temper and you just sort of refuse to deal with that that, that anger. Mm-hmm. Um, why would God tell you anything else to do? Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says it's God's will that we rid ourselves all uh, of all such things as these, and there's a whole list of sins, including anger mm-hmm. and sexual immorality, mm-hmm. including drunkenness, including um, um, foul mouth. And yet we hold on to those things, and then we wonder why God's not telling us what he wants us to do. It's almost like heaven is screaming, I already did, but mm-hmm. you're not listening. Yep, yep. You're conforming. You're not letting me transform you. And so he's like, okay, if you don't want to be transformed, I'll move on to someone else. I'll I'll come back. I mean, you know, I'm I'm still watching you. And if you're really saved, I'm faithful to complete the work. But I sure don't want it to be like a Samson thing, you know, where he did more good at the the I taught on Samson with the... Chapel service I just did on Monday. Oh, that's right. That's right. I didn't get to hear it. Talk about Christian freedom. So, okay. Okay. So here's another one before we go to the second half, unless we have a phone call. No, no, we got about three minutes. Okay. Knowing God's will, it's God's will that we live at peace with all men, all, not just Christians, all. That means as far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on you. Yeah, and not everybody wants to live at peace, but that doesn't mean we lose our peace, we just move away from those people who aren't peaceful. So, yes, like, um, I have some family members that just refuse Jesus and now, you know, have kind of excused me out of their life. I'm okay. It used to bother me a lot, but I'm okay with that now. Um, I just can't live at peace with them, but, you know, that... You have been saying this for so many years. Um, God can go back and get those that don't want to follow him. But if I were to go back to get them, like, come on, you know, come on. Jesus is nice. You know I'm different than before. Come on, be a Christian. Come on to church with me. Do this. Stop doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm losing ground with Jesus because I'm back here trying to beg somebody who doesn't want to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus. And, and you're missing the opportunity for, for to, to speak to somebody who does want to hear about Jesus and who will respond. Yeah. You know, we're only usable by the Lord if we're with him. And if we're with him, uh, there are never any, any shortages of, of opportunities to, to share Jesus with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So live at peace as far as it depends on you. Um, and then keep up with Jesus. Again, just be with Jesus. He has so much um, ministry out there, so much fruit available that we miss it 
looking back and we miss it um, not getting up and and like you said every single day there's an opportunity big or small for us to serve Jesus and be used by him yeah and Paul before we're we're coming um, about a minute left for this half of the program um, you know when, when we're told to live at peace with all men as as much as possible as far as it depends on you you can't do that if you're judging their hearts Sunday uh, in our message last Sunday and we're going to continue it this week uh, in Romans chapter 14 uh, we're so busy judging people judging their motives we're sort of mumbling under our breath even if nobody else hears it we're not making an effort to live at peace with men mm-hmm. when we're trying to judge them when we think everybody needs to do what we do or or uh, whatever my opinion is needs to be their opinion mm-hmm. um, we're, we're doing just the opposite we're judging the, the, the content of their hearts and God says, look, who are you to judge somebody else's servant? So living at peace with all men is something that we're to strive in the power of the Spirit to do. We would love your live calls. we got 30 minutes left in the program. 340-9585. Ladies, especially this is a day where you get the priority. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, live in studio with my wife, Paula. 340-9585 for our final 30 minutes of the week together. I mean, at least on the radio program. Oh, yeah, because I got plans for tonight. (laughs) 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 Okay, so knowing God's will. Still on that subject. And here's, here's one that will transform everybody's life. Is live loved. It's God's will that you know how much he loves you. And, you know, if. And that's what the whole world, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, you know. Uh, But we're all looking. Everybody's always looking for love, whether they know it or not. They want to be accepted by somebody, admired, appreciated. Well, those definitions are all love. And so live loved. Um, In 1 John 4, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's love. Jesus came, he sinless, gave his life so that I could live. That's love. So live loved. No matter what other people may say about you or even what you might think about yourself, um, you're perfect in God's eyes and he loves you and you need to know that and then live that. Yeah, I think sometimes, Paula, we we get uh, thrown off course um, we lose sight of the fact that God loves us because we're trying so hard to make people love us. Mm-hmm. And um, I've said on this program a hundred times that that God's love is enough. You know, all the time as pastor and pastor's wife and counseling people say, but I need human arms to hold me. I need a, a physical person that I can touch, that I can be with. And and what we always tell them is the same thing. They say, no, you don't. God's presence, His love, His grace is enough. Yeah. And until you learn that, how could God trust you with somebody that He really cared about? Yeah. And when we take matters into our own hands, we find out that we're, we're living unloved instead of living loved. And, and this is the single biggest deficiency, I think, in the Church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. Um, it's that we don't value the fact that we're loved by God and so we live down to the expectations of others instead of living up to the fact that we are already accepted in the beloved that we're loved um, with an infinite love um, we read First Corinthians chapter 13 and everybody likes it oh I want that in my wedding vows and this and that and the other that's just describing God's love for me mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and if we understand that 
um, then it doesn't matter so much what other people do or think. And and we've said this uh, an equal number of times to uh, men and or women who are in a loveless marriage where the spouse uh, isn't acting as though he or she loves them. And and we say, well, well then be married to Jesus. Know that he is enough right now. Mm-hmm. And then he can use you to win the spouse. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I can't do it. How can I do that when he's treating me this way or when she's treating me this way? Uh, you do it because Jesus has never treated you any way other than as though you were the pearl of great price mm-hmm. because you are. Yeah, yeah. If we will remember that instead of looking for, like you said, love or uh, those expectations that we have being met, you know, we're so um, conditioned. You know, if we watch TV or read the romance novels or whatever, you know, now it's all Facebook and all that kind of mess of of what we think it should be like. Isn't it amazing how attractive somebody on Facebook can appear and you can't even see their face? Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and then way too many times, well, I want some some physical arms to hold me. Yeah, sometimes those physical arms will hold you by the throat. Yeah. Well, throw he, you up against a wall. He understands me or she understands me. Yeah. She listens to me. Yeah. She makes me feel like a man. And it's somebody that you haven't even met in person. It's it's somebody from, you know, you, you told a story last week, and I can't remember the context, but you told a story about somebody reaching out to you oh, yeah. uh, uh, from, from high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sort of a, hey, what are you doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to make it clear. We are not on Facebook. Oh, no. no. Uh, in we, fact, we, that person got a whole, I don't know how they got, well, they called here to the yeah, church. We're, yeah, we're, and we're public people, so yeah, yeah, anybody can find out where we are. But... But um, just just maybe seeing if there's a crack open in the door uh-huh. uh, of our marriage. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, we, we just have to understand if, I, if I'm loved by God, I don't need to be loved by anybody else. Uh-huh. And if I'm looking for love from anybody else, then that's my flesh and not my spirit. And, and there's another example. We can't know the, the will of God. You know, Paula, what? 100% of those people end up saying to, to me and to you when we're, we're trying to counsel them to, to get rid of that, they say, well, God wants me to be happy. And we say, where did you read that? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> God wants you to be obedient. Yeah. And when you're obedient, you'll be filled with joy, mm-hmm. whether you're happy or not. But no, God doesn't care about you being happy. Yeah, yeah this, is, this whole thing is knowing God's will, not our will. Um, and, and God will make us happy uh, if we will just walk in obedience to him. Things won't always go easy, but that burden of guilt and shame will be gone. And that is worth the price of admission. I just like that saying. <laughs> <laughs> three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll three eight seven seven six three zero kslr if you have any questions or comments you'd like to make. What's next? Okay. It's God's will that we love our neighbor. Now, I only put that in there. I think maybe the Lord was trying to talk to me because, like, like, you know, on one side, we have some neighbors who aren't always, they're not godly. They're not godly at all. And sometimes they're not godly at all loudly <laughs> with, with, with language that, Woohoo and loud and it just like it's rough and then they have a brand of dogs that I'm not thrilled with um, but love your neighbor as yourself so a couple of times those dogs have gotten out of their yard and you know we live close to a highway and so I have my next door neighbor's phone number and so I have always called her and said you better come check your dogs are out you know um, and then I've seen her a couple of times, and then some, even some of the people from Calvary Chapel San Antonio, when they've gone and done some work at, at our house, when we've been on vacation, they've been able to minister to her when she had a black eye, you know? Um, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so if I was in her position, I would like a, a, a next-door neighbor the way that the Lord has made me be her next door neighbor. And so um, one time they were 
in the wrong and they said please don't call the police please don't call the police I said I'm not gonna call the police but go home you live next door <laughs> um, so love your neighbor as yourself and, and praying for our neighbors that uh, one day I just had a flashback you remember that night that's what I'm talking I mean, about one, yes. one o'clock in the morning at least and uh, there's this knocking, really loud knocking at our door. It's a Saturday night, it's Sunday, Sunday morning. And, 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 get up at five. Yeah, and they're having a huge party yeah. next door. Yeah. And I, I, I look, I can't see who it is. And so I open it just an inch, and they push the door open. Uh-huh. And I thought we're going to be we're being ransacked or something. And uh, and they finally got in, and they're like all over each other, and they got booze in their hand. And and, and I said, well, what are you guys doing? And Oh, we're in the wrong house. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's when they said, don't call the police. Paula, we get a couple of phone calls. Let's go to Ray calling from San Antonio on line one. Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi. Um, you know, while I was listening to you all, I forgot what I had, what my what my point was. So can you leave me on hold and come back after your other call? I, I will do that, Ray. That happens. The, the older you get, the more often that's going to happen. No problem at all. Let's go to I line two and talk with Harold. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Harold, are you there? Harold, you're on. Yes. Hi. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Harold. Um, yeah, I was hearing... Um, you were saying something about um, love your neighbor as yourself, and I thought it'd be a good time to ask uh, the question. Um, you know, when Jesus says, I'm not sure what book it is, I think it's Matthew, when he says, you've heard it say, love your neighbor as yourself, but I tell you this, it is, I think it's better to love one another. He changed it to love one another. And uh, I'm not saying he changed it for good, but he added that to it. And I know you've heard of that. So I was just curious mm-hmm. in the differences, your take on the differences. Well, I, I think uh, the, the parable of the, of the Samaritan um, um, is, is the, the illustration. Jesus is basically saying your neighbor is whoever comes uh, along your path. So it's not necessarily our neighbor. Paul was talking about a specific instant instance but it's 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 our neighbors are the people that Jesus brings along our path we've got this wonderful news and if we love them the way we're supposed to love them then we're going to share the good news not only we're going to share the good news but we're going to live a life Harold that is commensurate with that good news so that when we tell them in words about our Jesus it will be attractive to them based on the way that we live our lives now something that I think is really important to understand here when Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, that doesn't mean that we have to learn to love ourselves. It doesn't mean, well, and I've had uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of people over there say, well, you know, if Jesus wants me to love my neighbor as myself, then I first have to learn to love me. That's exactly the opposite of what he means. None of us have any trouble. Yeah, <laughs> n- none of us have any trouble loving ourselves. We're crazy about ourselves. We think about ourselves all day and all night, every day. So what we do, and, and the, the word here is to love others as a priority over ourselves. In other words, treat them better than we treat ourselves. And do it out of love because they are the object of the love of God. So the distinction yeah. is, is uh, not just a neighbor, but to do good when you can do good. And if you don't, and we live in a, in a world... Uh, Harold, we've met in person, and and you, you know you're of the age you remember like I do a time when neighborhoods were really neighborhoods where you didn't lock your doors, and I, I had the freedom to walk into any neighbor's house without knocking or anything else. We were just welcome to come and go. We really treated one another in a neighborly way. Well, that's not the world that we live in anymore. Now we've got locks and deadbolts, and we've got all kinds of fears and people telling us stranger danger things like that. Um, Jesus oh, yeah, saying sure. just the opposite is true. What we need to do is actively go out and love people, and the way we love them is to love them with the most important and valuable thing that we have, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 27 is the is the passage. Thank you, Harold. Appreciate okay. it very much. Bye-bye. Ray, are you still there, and have you recovered your memory? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, Lala. 
Well, yeah, it you know, all the time, you, Ray. The, 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 you're such a source of encouragement and uplifting. I just want to squeeze that in before I get off onto this. So if we go back to uh, the beginning or right after, you know, in, in Eden, um, the garden, uh, and God uh, has the animals and, you know, they all have partners, uh, you know, or he mm-hmm. said, well, it's not good for man to be alone. And, you know, that's where we come up with the rest of the story. <laughs> uh, but uh, in that perfect garden, was was there any anxiety going on? Or, you know, how did how did that become precipitated with that kind of a language? Well, it's not good to do that. So if you could kind of just work me through that just a little bit, that'd be great. Thank you, Ray. I'm glad you recovered your memory. That's a good question. <laughs> well, no, there, for the there time was, being. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there was no anxiety in the garden. It's a perfect world. And, and uh, you know, Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the garden with Jesus on a daily basis. So the, the whole idea here is that everything was perfect. They had no knowledge of that which was not perfect. God was speaking prophetically when he says it's not good for man to be alone because he knew the choice they were going to make. He knew that they depended on one another. There's another context as well. God knew it wasn't man for, be, uh, to, for man to be alone. It wasn't good for man to be alone because then if man was by himself, then there was no way that man could repopulate the earth. So it wasn't an anxiety thing. God was just speaking prophetically. Uh, Adam and Eve, you're going to need one another. You're going to be one flesh. Um, uh, You can't do what I want you to do on your own, not in a perfect environment, nor in a fallen world. You're going to need one another. And that's what he he was communicating. Uh, And I love the fact that God created in Adam, in the perfect environment, he created in Adam an awareness of something that was missing. And the way he did that was to bring the animals, male and female, before Adam to be named. Mm-hmm. And, and imagine that process after Adam, in this perfect, perfect, pristine world, uh, Adam comes to the point where finally he says, well, hey, everybody's got somebody but me. And uh, that's when God put him in a deep sleep. And why I know Adam was so overjoyed when he woke up, because God created a desire for something Adam had no way of knowing that he needed. And God is still doing that in in our lives as well, if we'll just let him do it. Thank you, uh, Ray. Uh, We've got Jenny calling from San Antonio on line three. Jenny, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor. Um, Hi, Jenny. Hello. hello. Um, How are both of you today? Thank you, Jenny. Okay. Oh, well, okay, I'm concerned with um, Satanism, okay? And here's why, why I'm concerned, because I know the a fear of an uh, underworld God has been around since pagan days. So I don't think that Christianity has helped to uh, fuel it. However, when I hear this fear of Satan and how much power he has, I can't help but think it definitely influences uh, this, this belief that there is this powerful de- deity that God actually made. And I think, how can a God of love have made some evil being? I, 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 you know, the Bible even says, you know, God is a pure eyes and to even behold evil. And um, G- Genesis 1, of course, is a totally spiritual concept of man. And Genesis 2 starts on saying, where, you know, there's a snake, a devil, and Snake worship was around from pagan days, and what I'm asking you is, okay, in the Old Testament, I believe in research. The Old Testament, um, did the Jews, um, did they write much about um, the devil, per se, in the Old Testament? Yeah, there's there's okay. passages, Jenny. I, th- I think you're 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 approaching us sort of from the, the exact opposite um, direction. Yes, they wrote about Ezekiel chapter 28, uh, Isaiah. I think it's chapter 14, um, um, where where Lucifer, uh, who was created, uh, God didn't create the devil. Uh, God created Lucifer. Uh, a counterpart with Michael the Archangel. I mean, this is one of God's most beautiful creations. Ezekiel 28 describes him as though music emanates when he raises his wings in the King James Version. 
Um, so God created a perfect angel. Now here's the problem, Jenny. Uh, whether you're an angel or a human being, God gives us free will. But if we don't have a choice to make, then we have no opportunity to exercise that free will. Uh, we're made in the image of God first and foremost. That means we're made as eternal beings. But it also means that we are made with the ability to choose, the need to choose. Well, God gave the angels in heaven an opportunity to choose. It was a one-time choice. Uh, Lucifer, this magnificent angel, was the one who decided that worshiping God wasn't enough. He wanted to be God and receive worship. So he made a choice uh, in eternity past sometime. He made a choice. He persuaded one-third of the angels of God to be on his side, and they rebelled against God. And that's where we get fallen angels. That's where we get demons. Um, uh, Lucifer, um, uh, who, who, who once was this magnificent angel, becomes Satan. So yes, he has supernatural power. Uh, yes, he is um, infinitely more powerful than human beings are. At the same time, <laughs> we serve a God who is infinitely more powerful than Satan is because God created this angel, Lucifer. And and when we understand that, we needn't be afraid. The one place I will agree with you wholeheartedly is that far too many Christians spend way too much time worrying about the devil instead of trying to get close to Jesus. But the devil is real. Uh, he is a force in our life. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us that he is the, the source of our battle, our conflict. Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in the, in the, in the heavenly realms. He's talking about um, Satan and the fallen angels. And, and throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New, there are so many references to Satan, tempting Satan, causing. Uh, we can go all the way back to Job, which I think most people agree is the oldest book in the Bible. Uh, Satan's always inspecting uh, people like he was inspecting Job, looking for an opportunity to destroy him. So this isn't pagan mythology at all. This is scriptural theology. This is uh, angelology. That's the, the, the study of angels is called. And, and so we need to be respectful of angels. Um, at the same time, if we're with Jesus, we don't need to be fearful of those fallen angels. Uh, if we are not with Jesus, then it's wise to be afraid. But the only way we can fight them, Jenny, is to fight them by being with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. Me too, Thank Jenny. You. When you first mm -hmm. when you first started, you said you were considering Satanism. You're not con <laughs> concerned or considering. Oh no, I, I would never go there. But I I yeah. hear oh, about more God. and more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the really cool thing is in First John 4, 4, and that's you, me, Pastor Ron, and, and the producer here in our studio. Um, it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so praise the Lord that you are a child of God. And like Pastor Ron said, we don't need to be afraid. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. thanks, I just Jenny. wanted to clarify that. You know, Jenny, I tell people all the time, because I get questions about, well, do we, are we supposed to bind Satan? And, and I tell people here at our church, I tell people on this program, I don't spend one minute of, of the day talking to the devil. Mm -hmm. If he's pounding on my mind or my heart, uh, if I'm being tempted, I, I just immediately turn that to Jesus and say, look, I, if I'm going to spend any time talking, I'm going to spend it talking to you. So you deal with him. Mm -hmm. and, and in his presence, the enemy flees. There's nothing that is more frightening to the devil than a Christian who is committed and submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in their lives mm -hmm. and a Christian who is filled with joy, even in the most difficult of times. Yeah. Satan has no answer for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, um, all we need to do is know our Bibles and hold on to what we know is true instead of worrying about um, the effect that, that an enemy can have. I, I don't want to spend one minute of one day mm -mm. talking to the mm -mm. angel. Mm -mm. Paula, we're now inside three minutes. Okay, yeah, yesterday on the, just kind of a, a follow-up, yesterday you had a question from a gentleman saying, should we study other religions? And Satanism is, is another religion, and that right there just shows me, no, we don't need to know all the ugly parts of other religions. Um, I, I used to work at a bank, and the way they would train us to um, notice a counterfeit 
because they would have our hands over this machine and real money after real money after real money would, would just come, 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 and then the false one would come up and we would know it. And I, I, I got really good at that. So knowing God's word is what we need to know, not learning the counterfeit. Okay, we've got, uh, we've got Wesley from Johnson City for a quick comment. Wesley, we're inside about a minute and a half. Yeah, quick comment. Um, regarding the shooting that's taken place and how horrible it is, you know, the thought is, you know, they've taken the Bible and prayer out of the church and many times teach that there is no God, yet they want to blame this on uh, gun control. And um, just wanted you to comment on that. Yeah, Wesley, I will. You know, in fact, if, if you would um, 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 be patient with me, uh, I'll do that tomorrow at the top of the program because I, I, I can't possibly do that in a in minute. a minute. Um, I will say that, that, that um, the world has always looked in all the wrong places for all the wrong answers, and that's what they're doing now. Um, um, this isn't an issue of gun control. This is an issue of an entire generation of kids who are now antisocial and um, don't know how to interact with human beings, and, and um, they, they find their fulfillment, uh, as sick as that term sounds, in other ways. So I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow at the top of the program. My producer's making a note to, to uh, remind me. Paula, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Anything else you want to say in our last 20 seconds? how much I love Jesus and you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate it very, very much. You've been listening to the Words of Stand of Our Light, the Date Day Show. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 and a.m. 6.30, the Word. 4 o'clock, see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.